You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone to RB1, going to Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the fakest teams in all of the land. I am the old married guy, the consummate professional, once said Alvin Kamara wasn't a first round pick. Eli Manning belongs nowhere near the Hall of Fame, and I tried to make bloop a thing. Your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined by some of the guys. We've got the champion of Dagos Everywhere, the man who single-handedly has destroyed the Jacksonville Jaguars season, the founder, president, and treasurer of the Gotta Chub for Nick Chubb fan club, uh, Mr. Independent Drinker, Clark Barnes. And we also have the master of sources, Mr. Stan Brand, Jimmy Graham's cornhole partner, the future ring bearer at Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick's wedding, to which Jordan Rodgers will not be invited to. Wanted to fire Mike McCarthy before it was cool. Jordan Smith, guys, how are we doing this day? Doing great, Pete. Pretty well, pretty well. Ooh, that's actually not half bad. Um, so my beverage today... I got inspired by um, by the the Christmas conversation that we had on uh, Tuesday's podcast, which we had a little discussion prior to the show about how actually once you get a tree, the smell of the tree is a very underrated part of purchasing a tree. It fills your room, uh, fills your apartment, smells, makes it smell like Christmas. So I decided to continue the uh, Christmas vibe and have an eggnog, uh, an eggnog beverage. But normally I mix it with bourbon. But we didn't have bourbon. We were all out of bourbon because uh, we're a bourbon household and we need to restock ASAP. So I was perusing through our liquor cabinet and I was like, all right, well, what can we pair with eggnog? And I had we had some Fireball, which I know Clark loves. Um, and I was like, mm, I don't know if I really want that. We had this like apple liqueur, which I was like, well, I mean, it's festive. It's very fall, but I don't know if how well it would mix with that. We had Kahlua from other cocktails, but Becca told me that that would give me the dairy toots, um, which she did not want to deal with. So I was like, okay, uh, too much dairy. But we had white uh, rum, and and I paired it, and it, it works really nicely with with, uh, with 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 what am I drinking? Eggnog. So the more you know. I'm a bigger fan of red rum. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes. Good. Um, on that note, Jordan will no longer be on the podcast with us. He is being interrogated and investigated for uh, red rum instances. I keep tweeting at the FBI. So at some point, I'm probably just going to disappear for a while. <laughs> Number one on the FBI's list is is Jordan Smith. <clears throat> um. All right. Well, besides for holiday beverages, um. We have got a obviously packed show where we're talking week 13 starts and sits. Uh, do you guys have any superstitions around the fact that it's week 13 and that maybe you're either questing your last week before the playoffs or you're just your first week in the playoffs? I mean, I personally would have a little superstition because it's, you know, week 13. 
Uh, not really. Pete, you and I play each other in the RB1 playoffs oh, for the first do. round. And there's a little bit of a difference in how good our teams are. You're like nine and three, and I'm like six and six, but it's no big deal. Uh, or six, six and one. I six, think. six and one. Becca. Tied Clar the Mighty. <laughs> Becca, for the record, was furious that she is not in the uh, in the finals for this for this league, and we'd lost Clark again. She beat me too. So I know. I, I think she would probably be mad. She uh, she is very disappointed that it's not you, me, uh, and her and Clark battling for the uh, for the final of this league. Um, so we we have lost Clark. And it seems that we might be losing Clark rather continuously throughout this episode. We'll check in and see if he can bounce back on. But if not, oh, Jordan, this is going to be you and I winging it for a third of these games because uh, I did not do a lot of prep for for, uh, for Clark's games. So we'll see. We can at least go through the... Uh... The garbage games. Uh, yeah. So we'll start with we'll start with the shit shows while Clark is trying to figure out whether or not he can log in and and be a part of this podcast this week. Uh, because the shit shows are basically well, they're literally just Jordan and I because Jordan decided to spice it up and pick a lot of juicy matchups, which all fell into the shit shows. So we'll start us off. Week thirteen starts and sits. Jordan, we're gonna start with the Buffalo Bills at Miami. Uh, this is the shittiest of the shit. I just I don't know what is even worth watching in this game, but I'm sure you have something because you were the one who actively selected this game. Yeah, so um, I have to shout out the ringers, Danny Kelly, for putting this player on my radar. This is just a absolute deep flex play. So if you're feeling a little frisky, or maybe you're in a dynasty league where you have several flex spots that you just need to fill because. Uh, like we said the other day, there's a ton of players that just got piled onto the IR this past week. Um, and that's Robert Foster, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. He's an undrafted rookie out of Alabama, so you kind of know he's got some pedigree. Um, the unfortunate part is that he's undrafted and he plays for the Buffalo Bills. But if you look past that, you'll see. <laughs> if you ignore everything. <laughs> you'll see a six foot two wide receiver with 4-4-40 speed. Um, and I think that big playability will match up and has matched up quite well with Josh Allen's cannon arm that he has. Um, over the past two contests, he has 13 and a half and 17 PPR points, which is pretty good. Um, you might feel a little bit boomer bust because we haven't seen him in basically any other game this season. Um, but the Dolphins are allowing the fifth most passing yards per attempt, so you might be able to beat them deep a few times and. The Bills aren't that good. The Dolphins were good at the beginning of the season, but we found out they were pretty fraudulent. And this is an AFC North matchup. So anything can happen. And if you're looking for a deep flex, I kind of like Robert Foster here. AFC East matchup. AFC East, my bad. Even though Buffalo's more Northern than any team in the AFC North. Um, Yeah, we (laughs) talked about uh, Foster last week. Or on Tuesday's show, just because he was a You Help No One nominee. Um, he, like all you said, he's been able to have a lot of success taking the top off the defense. I mean, I think he's post, he posted 93 yards last week, and the week before that, he had 110 or something like that. So, like, he's a big play guy who's going to, you know, get you either he's going to get you a lot or he's going to get you nothing. I really like the call against Miami because 
if you've got the the cojones to start him and like throw him in the flex and be like, let's do this. I personally, I just did that with Traquan Smith thinking that, hey, let's throw him in the flex. Let's do this. We're going up against the Falcons and he got me zero points. So I'm very, uh, very scared by by doing ballsy moves like that. But, I'm you know, I, I'm not one who has the biggest cojones. But if you can do this, I'm all for it. Robert Foster, I think, is going to would be that guy in the Bills offense who would put together a huge game. Um. Is it crazy for me to say that I am, as an AFC East fan, as a Patriots fan, that Brock Osweiler at the helm of the Miami's offense is scarier to me than Ryan Tannehill? I mean, coming off a a shoulder thing, like Ryan Tannehill hasn't played football in like a month. So I guess I can see it. I guess I just, I just haven't seen anything from Ryan Tannehill throughout his career. They keep waiting for him to do something and, the only thing he's done consistently is get injured. So they're going to be in the quarterback. He's, he's he's elite. He is an elite guy at getting injured. Uh, so I can promise you the Dolphins are going to be in the quarterback hunt this offseason because Tannehill ain't the answer. Let me promise you that. Uh, cool. Let's move on in the shit shows and let's go to the New Jersey Jets. Uh, New Jersey Jets. Every single time I do that because of that J, it mixes me up. And it's also because I was just listening to a podcast talking about the New Jersey Nets and even though they're the Brooklyn Nets now and Nets and Jets rhymed. It's just – it's a whole thing in my head. Uh, Jordan, you're back at it. You picked this game again because I, you must have something – you must know and care about something that I don't. Uh, the Jets against the Kibosh Tennessee Titans, who returned to Kibosh status because even though they beat the Patriots, they really haven't done anything since then, and no one has done too much of anything from a fantasy standpoint. Um, what do you what are you liking in this game? I think it's finally safe to unleash Jonu Smith as your mm-hmm. tight end option. So for those of you who may have picked him up for a couple of weeks or have been stashing him since Delaney Walker got injured, I think. Ever since they came out of the bye week, that John o. Smith has been a pretty big part of that offense that they have over there. And um, he's only owned an 8.5% of ESPN leagues. So my guy is very available. He's not going to show up at the top of your average points list because he just hasn't produced until the, since the last four games. Um, he's averaging 12 PPR points over the past four games, though, since that bye week. Um, and he also has three touchdowns in that span. And we saw one of those last week. And it was a pretty beastly touchdown run by him. He's athletic. Um, super athletic. And I, I think they they really found something with him. Um, we continually talk about tight end attrition in fantasy this year. But now over the past couple of weeks, O.J. Howard, Jeff Hireman, Jack Doyle are all on IR. And Jimmy Graham just broke his thumb. So there are definitely some... Um, needs at tight end for people and Jono Smith he's been averaging double digits for the past four weeks I don't care why you wouldn't just pick him up and plug him in yeah I like that a lot I like that play especially since we've seen uh well we just saw Gronk and Gronk is obviously a different specimen than Jono Smith but the Jets we've seen them be susceptible to tight ends throughout this season and it seems like just like how Marcus Mariota made Delaney Walker his number one target seems like he's doing that again with Jonu Smith uh, who's an equally athletic uh, uh, tight end at that position so I'm all for it I like it I like the play and I, I think you're right that it's time to just like trust it be confident in it put him in your lineup and run with it. Matter of fact I am calling my shot right now Ooh. I picked him up in the RB1 league because I, I just talked myself into it entirely, and I'm going to, I think I'm going to keep him in there. Over, you're going to start him against me. 
I think I'm going to start him against you, and we're going to have to talk about the Titans next week. All right. Well, good. I'm going to instead. I'm going to say that I love this start, but then actually be like, John Smith is going to get you zero points, baby. <laughs> Go get you. Just gotta talk it up. Just gotta talk it up. That's just how you do exactly. Yeah. Uh, for those who just heard, Clark is back on the podcast. What's up, Clark? Yeah. Uh, tonight's streaming service brought to you by Time Warner Cable. <laughs> If you have any issues, they are at Time Warner Cable. Go ahead. Yeah. Come on the sh- come on to the podcast and defend yourselves, Time Warner. Uh, moving on in the shit shows, we have the third game on the list, which is the Denver Broncos at Cincinnati. I uh, initially had this game in the if I'm boards, and and part of that was because I was like, well, look, the Denver Broncos are playing really well, and and maybe this could be a good game. But then I remembered that Jeff Driscoll is playing, Andy Dalton's on IR, and the Cincinnati Bengals are just a shit. They are a shit show uh, in and of themselves. No one cares. So this game is going to be crap. Um, my play for this is to sit Joe Mixon, and that's a lot to do with the fact that now Andy Dalton is no longer under center. Uh, the last four weeks, the Broncos defense has allowed the third fewest fantasy points to running backs. They've had allowed no touchdown or on the ground or through the air in that time. And with Jeff, Jeff Driscoll, excuse me, that uh, that eggnog rum tickling my tongue, um, the uh, with him at the helm, I just I just don't think that the Broncos are going to be worried about him doing anything in the passing game. So they're going to sell out against the uh, against the run, make Driscoll beat them, and you know, and that I think is going to lend itself to a pretty average slash not great game from Joe Mixon, which is not something that you're going to want from uh, your RB two most likely, uh, either going right into the playoffs or if your playoffs have started, you know, uh, in your first week of the playoffs. I also don't really think you start Tyler Boyd or John Ross, which sucks because. Uh, I wrote an article today on fake teams, which was all about players who could uh, swing your play your fancy playoffs. And I was really almost going to write about John Ross because he's now suddenly getting red zone targets, which is preposterous for a guy who's a speed threat and whatever, 5'11". But he is getting red zone targets with A.J. Green out. But then I remember Jeff Driscoll's in. And I mean, do you really want your fantasy playoffs to rely on Jeff Driscoll? No, get out of here. Yeah, I think you're right about Joe Mixon. I just really personally want you to be wrong. That's fair. Yeah, I want myself get away from him, though. It's a good call. Yeah, I want myself to be wrong because I think he's very he's talented, and a lot of and a lot of teams I'm sure are relying on him. But I, I I have a hard time believing that the Broncos would do anything other than just stack the box and be like, "All right, Driscoll, let's see you throw that ball." I also, on a personal note, would like you to be wrong about this. Um, he hasn't had uh, close to twenty carries since they came out of their Week Nine bye, which I think is. Partly a product of their really bad offense and how they've just been behind in virtually all of these games. But I do like that he had seven catches against the Browns last week. Um, I didn't get to watch the game personally, but I think that is an indicator of him just being a a check down for Jeff Driscoll and being a safety blanket. Um, Kind of to veer off course here, I do want to ask, as the person who had this matchup and the resident Patriot fan, and Clark's gone again. And Clark's um, gone. <laughs> theme of the podcast is Clark just cutting randomly in and out. So we won't introduce if he pops in. But if you hear his voice randomly through the podcast, just know he's back with us. So in one of my matchups here, I'm I'm struggling between starting Julian Edelman again because, I mean, he's just been balling. Right. Or resident homie of the pod, AJ Green, who thinks he's going to come back from Ooh. injury, which... That's I, I don't know. 
That's a conundrum. Uh, I would say wait on my decision because, spoiler alert, uh, I'm going to be talking about Minnesota and the Patriots, and uh, Julian Edelman might be involved in that discussion. Um, but that is that is a conundrum because it's something where it's like most likely A.J. Green – will get you more i don't even know though i really and this is probably my own like horrible biases the lack of faith that i put in backup quarterbacks is astounding i just as soon as a backup quarterback goes into a game i'm just like all right cool screw it this team's over like i don't care blah 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 you're worthless to me and i just assume that everyone on that team is no value which is which is wrong because they ultimately he has to throw the ball somewhere and AJ green, even uh, uh, somewhat banged up. AJ green is going to be his number one target because he can't not be on the flip side. You're right. Julian Edelman has been balling and I got a whole litany of stats that I'm going to talk about when we get there. So I would say, um, I would say let's put a pause on this conundrum and we'll circle back to it at the end of the podcast. So all you listeners, you got to stick around. Oh, suckers. Uh, well, we have the uh, – I feel like we have a sample for this already, though, because remember a couple of years ago when um, the Bengals and the Broncos played in the playoffs and they had to throw A.J. McCarron out there? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he finished with a 5.7-yard average per toss, but I mean, it wasn't awful. But do like, we think A.J. McCarron is a much better quarterback than Jeff Driscoll? I don't. I have no idea. I'm just throwing <laughs> this out to the to the football world. Football gods like suddenly appear and tell me whether or not Jeff Driscoll is better than AJ McCarron because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just this also team just seems to be floundering. Like if there was something to play for, then maybe I'd be like, sure, let's see it. Let's see if just Jeff Driscoll can like uh, capture magic in a bag and run with it. But the Bengals have nothing to play for, so I'm just kind of like, well, the, why why would anyone on that team try? I'm honestly surprised that AJ Green is like, yeah, I could play this week. If I was AJ Green, I'd be like, oh no, I'm injured. Put me on IR for the rest of the season. Like, what? yeah, see, I mean, he's a 30 year old receiver. I kind of just figured that right. this decision would already be made for me, but right. apparently, he like wants to play. <laughs> Preposterous. Why would? I, yeah, I would be like, put me on IR. I'm done with this. Uh, let's go to the last team in the shit shows. Last game in the shit shows. Kansas City Chiefs uh, at Oakland. Obviously, this game is a shit show because Oakland's a shit show. Jordan, tell me about someone. Do you have anyone on the Raiders who you're excited about? Or are we just only looking to the Chiefs here? I, I'm only looking at the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's an appropriate answer. Uh, uh, yeah, this is probably not going to end well for a lot of Raiders fans. Um, but who knows? They can surprise somebody. Any given Sunday, as I always say. Um, sure. But I am... Looking at Sammy Watkins to be a pretty safe flex start. Um, I know he's been a little bit up and down, but I like the fact that last week he was able to get a bye and get an extra week of healing in so he can get back on the field fresh. And, you know, if Kansas City runs up the score early, they've got it locked in. They've got playoffs to worry about. You might see um, the snap percentage start to decline a little bit for guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Um so I like Sammy Watkins to get a pretty significant snap share there. Um, Oakland is 30th against the pass by DVOA. Um, and the Raiders are letting up the third most points per game. So either way, I see the Chiefs putting up a boatload of points, whether the Raiders can actually put up points themselves, that remains to be seen. Um, 
and so far that hasn't happened. So I like I like Sammy Watkins getting a lot of looks this week. I uh, I just want to quickly talk about me for a little bit more because you know, I know <laughs> everyone loves to hear that. Uh, two weeks ago, right before the Chiefs uh, Rams game, I did my five must starts for the week, and I had Sammy Watkins as one of my must starts because I was like, all right, this game is going to be a shootout. There's just going to be scoring everywhere across the board. Sammy Watkins, you start him. He's easily going to get you like 80 yards and a touchdown. Of course, he's like, eh, will he play? Won't he play? Will he play? Won't he play? He decides he's going to play. And in the last second, literally just as the game starts, they're like, nah, Sammy Watkins isn't going to play. So instead, Chris Connolly does exactly what I said Sammy Watkins was going to do. Gets you two touchdowns and like 80 yards. And it was just infuriating i should have instead of saying sammy watkins i should have been like whomever is lined up next to Tariq hill is going to get you this amount of points but uh but i like the sammy watkins start that's a good call can we count starting the uh kansas city defense as the start for oakland (laughs) (laughs) hey i think they're getting eric berry back or at least he's practicing which is Kind of at a at a perfect time, and I'd love to see how this defense looks with him at the at the helm because I do think that uh, the amount of veteran leadership and just kind of the maybe the benefit that benefit benefit well, that he that he gives to that back end. I mean, we saw the difference the Seahawks uh, defense looked for that hot sec when Earl Thomas was back there. It could be something that's really nice for them down the playoff stretch. They've looked a lot better since Justin Houston came back. So yeah, that's well now they hard. finally have a pass rush. Uh, yeah, exactly. before Clark gets bumped out of the, of the podcast again, let's quickly get into the, if I'm bored games and we'll start with Clark's first game, which is the aforementioned Los Angeles Rams against Detroit. Uh, Clark, who are you starting and or sitting in this game? Yeah, there are going to be a lot of similarities, uh, to what Jordan just said with his game. You're going to start everyone for the Rams. I think you start Kenny Galladay and I'm going to go ahead and have my first lock of the show that Matt Stafford is going to surprise us and be a top five. QB this week. Are you at all worried about? Because I'm a a, a tiny bit worried about this from from the from Kenny Galladay perspective. Are you worried about Galladay if Talib is healthy and plays? Just because I think Talib adds a lot to that secondary. Or are you kind of like, no, 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 no. Kenny Galladay is going to get his work, and this is going to be a shootout, and the Rams defense can't stop anyone. I just think that uh, obviously Talib is good, and I think he's fantastic. But I think Galladay is pretty much the only option, and they're going to have to get it from somewhere. So even if they look horrible and score 14 points. I feel like you got a 50-50 shot as Galladay getting one of those touchdowns. Uh, so, yeah, and Galladay is just a beast. He, he's a size-speed guy. I mean, he's kind of the all-around giant wide receiver. So even though, no disrespect to Akeem Tlaib, a, a guy with those measurements can still, you know, have a bad game and give you 80 yards and a touchdown. Right, totally. No, I, I was just, and he's coming back from injury, and maybe it's a little shaky when he's kind of working his way back up to game speed. And the Rams' defense has been terrible. Yeah, like they it's, all those guys. I... Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been really just kind of like if Aaron Donald can get pressure and, and cause a forced fumble, great. Otherwise, you're just sitting back there and you're tossing the pigskin around. I like the, I like the Matt Stafford lock too, because the reason this isn't if I'm bored as opposed to like a Kansas City Oakland game is that. I think Stafford and the Ram- and the Lions offense can put up numbers, right? We've seen that before. This isn't like a surprise to us that this this offense could be high powered. I think this could be kind of a shootout. I, I mean, I think the they'll never challenge the Rams, uh, but I think it could be a, an exciting game to like tune in and watch a couple minutes of. But I don't think it'll be close. Yeah, the Lions have been doing this really neat thing where they forget that they have Kenny Galladay for like a <laughs> quarter and a half to start the game. And then they realize, oh, we have like a really 
big, fun receiver to throw the football to. So if, if Matt Stafford realizes, hey, uh, Kenny Galladay's got to get the ball early and often, then that would definitely translate into a, a big day from, from Matthew. I like to call it the, uh, the Mike McCarthy syndrome. As long as it's not lasting the entire season, then, <laughs> then it's okay. Just a, just a few minutes of the game. Uh, speaking of Mike McCarthy, next game on the If I'm Boards is the Arizona Cardinals at Green Bay to take on the uh, aforementioned Mike McCarthy-led Packers, uh, who are just whoo, spiraling down into nothingness. And I'm thinking that's so much true that I am going to say fade Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if you want to be ballsy enough to say sit, I'll say it. Sit. Uh, and this is also playing into the theme that I, I – uh, this was my playoff hot take on Tuesday's podcast that Dak Prescott was going to outscore Rodgers for the rest of the season. So I'll listen to that. But the Cardinals defense is surprisingly good at limiting uh, quarterbacks' fantasy production. They're 29th fewest points allowed, uh, ninth in passing DVOA in our own Patty Cooper's RODS rankings that he puts out every week. Uh, the Cardinals are ninth – their defense is ninth in that as well. Rodgers hasn't thrown three touchdowns since week five. He's just been fluctuating between two and one. And since the bye, he's only thrown three over 300 yards once. So I don't necessarily think that he's going to suddenly come out here and like rip apart a pretty good secondary that's been able to limit quarterback production. I think you start his weapons. Like you start, obviously, um, uh, Devonte Adams. You start Aaron Jones. Duh. You maybe even start one of... Mm, that scantling and uh who's the other homeboy saint germain saint brown <laughs> saint brown I, I mean it's a toss-up to who rogers prefers that day uh but i would not be surprised if rogers posts like a 200 yard one touchdown stat line which is not going to cut it when you can you know get someone who uh, any kind of quarterback is going to put more numbers up than that so i think it, i think you fade him I don't know. Four of the President last Packers five, fan. Four of the last five Packer games were on the road, so I think just a little bit of uh, home com- home cooking for Aaron Rodgers can be a pretty good remedy, especially against a pretty meek uh, Arizona Cardinals team. And he's rocking the mustache now, so so you that's know he's account for at least. <laughs> Add an extra three fantasy points onto his total. <laughs> so that's 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 fair. That's fair. You guys just gotta talk to your league commissioner, make sure that they're okay with adding fantasy points because of his stash. I just looking at his body language, looking at how he play. I just I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers is gonna be like the dragon that we all have seen him in the past. And I think he's just gonna be kind of like, eh, throw it, this, eh, throw it, this, eh, throw it, whatever. I think that's what he's gonna be. Yeah, and he may not have to do much against the Cardinals. So, you know, the Packers can pretty handily win this one 23 to 10, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, and it could also be a big Aaron Jones day since the Cardinals still can't stop the run worth a damn. So they may might just, Mike McCarthy might not pull it. Mike McCarthy and be like, Aaron Jones, here, we're going to give you 30 touches. Let's go. I mean, I'm sitting uh, Aaron Rodgers this week, but that's because I drafted six quarterbacks and also have Andrew <laughs> Luck. Uh, yeah, so. Oh, others might not be in such a fortunate. Thank God that that's, that's back on the show. Uh, Clark, since you're still magically on, give me the Indianapolis Colts at Jacksonville. And if I'm bored game for the ages with your Andrew luck, uh, what do you got in this game? So, uh, there'll be no Leonard Fournette for the Jaguars. He was suspended for, uh, fighting, which apparently is frowned upon, or he's not enough of a star to get away with it just yet. Mm. Um, so, 
I feel like the Colts are just going to run away with this one. The Jaguars are well on their way to dumpster fire. Uh, not giving up, but certainly not looking good uh, against anybody not named the Steelers. So I, the only interesting thing here is obviously, you know, Hilton and Luck are a go. Uh, Eric Ebron, like, we really don't need to talk about that. Oh, my God. Uh, if if Marlon Mack sits, who Marlon Mack currently in the concussion protocol, I think Naheem Hines is a go in this game. We saw him really put up good numbers when Mack was out earlier in the year. Uh, and I'm going to uh, say that the start for the Jaguars is much like Jordan's game earlier. Is the start for the Jaguars is the Colts defense. <laughs> With uh, Cody Kessler at the helm now for Jacksonville. Love it. Oh, breaking news. Oh, did you not know that? That was earlier. Oh, that's right. Clark only gets his information from the podcast. Let's just start over, guys. Like, let's just beginning bring, of the podcast. Bring okay. it back. Bring it back from the beginning. Um, anyone not named Blake Bortles at quarterback makes me feel a little bit not great about the Colts. Uh, okay, I'm still starting. Yeah, it's still still start. I don't. I, I mean, Cody Kessler might be a slight upgrade on Blake Bortles, but Blake Bortles is the what fortieth worst quarterback in the league right now. Sounds about right. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's a tough look getting benched for Cody Kessler. It's a tough look for Super the Jaguars tough. to be like, hey, here's our quarterback for the future. We're going to give him a contract that we can't get out of without eating like $16 million of dead cap money. Like, who decided this was a good contract to sign other than Blake Bortles, who was like, oh my God, these guys are idiots. Are Brock Osweiler and Blake Bortles represented by the same agent? That dude, we got to get this guy on the podcast. Clear That man is knows how to make money, knows how to sell crappy quarterbacks to teams that need him. That guy is Danny Ocean. He always has a as a plan to steal money from organizations. That's I was going to say Clark's going to like this. I'm predicting the Jaguars get like the fifth overall pick and draft like a wide receiver or something. <laughs> well, Tom Coughlin is, uh, is the GM. So oh God. That New York. No, no. they're going to get the fifth overall pick. They're going to trade it for Eli. It's exactly what's going to happen. And the giants are just going to be, are you kidding me right now? Are you serious? I think this really this Mauler road grader lunch pail high motor guard out of you know hey, someplace we like, can't ban yeah, that anymore like that. though because Quentin Nelson has been a revelation in Indianapolis. Where's the game tape on this guard? I need to watch it right now. <laughs> Jordan needs to start doing his pre-draft notes already. <laughs> uh, last game in the if I'm boards. Oh wait, no, sorry. Oh, we got a lot of if I'm boards this week. This is not going to be a great, not the most exciting week. Say, of did y'all skip a couple of my games? Because I'm wondering where these are going to fall. Oh, they're coming. You, okay. you've got a few that are in could be good games. <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't sell yourself short there, Clark. Uh, Jordan, we have the Chicago Bears taking on the New York Giants, who are going to trade Eli away for a uh, first round pick to the Jaguars. Who are you starting in this game? Um, yeah, this one was a little bit difficult. Just I, I'm sitting Jordan Howard though, um, in favor of Tariq Cohen. So if you're if you have both of them handcuffed together, and you're kind of wondering which one's going to have the better day, I just think at this point it's Tariq Cohen. Um, I'm kind of out on Jordan Howard. I'm tired of having him in my lineups to only um, put up single-digit points because he's had three straight weeks of that, even in PPR leagues. He's not getting the touches that we desire. Um, Over the course of these past 12 weeks, he's only averaging nine points per game through standard PPR, and he has five touchdowns in those 12 weeks. So the majority of the time, he is not finding the end zone, and that's kind of what you were hoping for um, somebody who's a, a 
bigger and more powerful back than Tariq Cohen, but that is just not the case. Um, the Giants are allowing the seventh most rushing yards per game in the league, but Chicago just doesn't seem very keen on rushing it with uh, with Jordan Howard. I'm not entirely certain why, but at three Cohen, if you're choosing between the two, I think that should be obvious at yeah. this point. It, it, it shouldn't come as a surprise considering that Jordan Howard has appeared on You Help No One's more weeks than not. Like he's, he's just, you help no one all star at this. Yeah, point. he is. Yes, exactly. It's the only. It's the only award that he's getting. It's the only team that he's making a difference on. Is the you help no one all star team? Yeah, I'm with you. And personal uh, favorite of Pete, if if I recall correctly. It's true. I do love Jordan Howard. Up until this season, he was that guy who like people would constantly overlook in drafts, and you could get him in like the third round, and was consistently a top ten fantasy running back, and would always kind of put together good seasons. And then this season, he's just been a hot mess. I have him in, in my other league, not the RB1 league, but a different league. And, uh, and I thought I was like crystal clear. I have um, Leonard Fournette, Jordan Howard, and, uh, and um, David Johnson in that league. And I was like, whoo, man, saucy. That is going to be a filthy lineup. Uh, and then Leonard Fournette was missing for most of the season. Jordan Howard hasn't done shit. Uh, and I, so I picked up James Conner, and then I traded him for Christian McCaffrey. Um, so, anyways, but yes, this is a this is a lot about me. We're gonna keep talking about me because you know. I miss John Fox when he was just grinding right. out the yardage with That's Jordan what I need. Howard. Not all this fancy Andy Reid playbook calling. I need John, John Fox, Fox to get hired by some team and then trade for Jordan Howard and then just run the ball down people's throats. I think that's the first time someone who doesn't personally know or is related to John Fox has ever said that sentence. <laughs> I miss John Fox. <laughs> And probably his family hasn't really said that in a long time. Either. Well, let's not. Come on. It's a family show. Peter. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that's me. <laughs> let's move on to uh, the San Francisco 49ers at Seattle. And guys, I don't know if you know this, but Matt Breida is like kind of back. He had 132 yards and 140 yards from scrimmage over the last two days. And he's been healthy, which is kind of a Christmas miracle just in time for the holidays. Uh, and this is a real nice matchup against the Seahawks, who uh, have allowed the six most points to running backs over the last four weeks and have given up 100 yards from scrimmage to each lead back in those games. So I'm all aboard Matt Breida train again. I, I There was a time where I just kind of forgot he existed because he kept getting injured in the middle of games. It kind of started around the Green Bay game. Uh, but then it seems like he's back, seems like he's producing, and now I'm suddenly he's back in my life and I'm here for it. So Matt Breida, start him. We've been waiting on the the 49ers running back, and when we've had one person get the call, uh, he's done well, and Breida has, uh, when healthy, uh, answered the mail. Unfortunately for Niners fans, you know, they're at the part of the season where you have the worst record in the league. You have nothing to play for. So you really hope your team doesn't get inspired like it did last year and you end up picking like 10, 11 again. It's like, if we're going to suck, let's just suck all the way. Just completely and, tank. Have it be a lost season. Blame it all on Jimmy Garoppolo getting his ACL torn and then uh, and get the whatever second overall pick and then trade it for Eli. It's going to be my running theme for the podcast now is that every team with that top five pick is going to trade it for Eli because he's elite, you guys, because he's a Hall of Famer. Am I right? Who wouldn't trade a top five pick for a Hall of Fame quarterback? Anyway, um, <laughs> I like, yeah, I like Matt Breda. As long as he stays healthy, um, that's the main caveat there. But yeah, a good matchup against Seattle is pretty juicy for him. Um, actually, he has 
back to back, not back to back, but two games against Seattle in three weeks. So yeah, you like that. He's a, he, you got him, you got him. He's going to be a nice play. That's also super weird scheduling. I know there's a lot of weird scheduling like that where you do quick back to backs against teams. Since we're talking about ourselves, do you start Russell Wilson or uh, our boy Lamar Jackson this week? Oh, my gosh. You guys keep touching on players who, who I'm going to talk about later in the podcast. Okay, we can wait. We can wait. We'll get uh, there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry. Uh, but, Clark, quickly talk to me about the final, if I'm bored, game, which is the Washington racial slurs against the Philadelphia Eagles, a game in which uh, – um, okay, let me quickly touch on this because I do want to quickly talk about it. I was going to talk about it earlier, Clark, when you brought – I forget what you said. You were talking about something. Oh, you were talking about how um, – What, light racism? Is that what – Yeah, they, yeah. we were talking about how Leonard Fournette isn't a, a star enough to get away with a fight. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I would like to quickly for a hot sec talk about – I mean, not that we already had high standards of Dan Snyder for, for running this team, but uh, Ruben Foster – who has been arrested multiple times for domestic violence and is currently arrested for, or currently on, you know, been charged with domestic violence. The 49ers immediately released him, which already was kind of an iffy thing because last year they didn't release him when he was charged and because he was playing well in this year, he wasn't playing well. So, you know, a little iffy there, not the great look 49ers, but then he doesn't even make it to waivers and the Washington racial slurs immediately pick him up, which and I tweeted this out. It's like, look, you're a team that is quarterback needy, and you thought Colin Kaepernick was too big of a distraction, but Reuben Foster, now that's a guy you can get behind. Just uh, Dan Snyder. Let's, you know, I, I know you don't care, but pretend to care, I guess, at least. Anyways, that's my rant. Yeah, the league is moral when it is convenient to be yeah. so. Yeah, we we knew that. We're, I'm, I'm just preaching to the choir right now. We're beating a horse that has passed on and is no longer with us. Uh, do you like anyone in this game, Clark? I'm I'm very interested in this game in real football terms, and I think that there are a couple of guys that you are interested in. So if Chris Thompson is going to come back, I think that Colt McCoy has the skill set to continue to take advantage of him. Uh, and you know, when Chris Thompson is healthy, he is an absolute monster in PPR. The question is just are you going to get a quarter out of him or are you going to get a full game? Uh, and then uh, Philly has started giving the ball – often to just one running back again with Josh Adams, who's had a couple of good games. So if you went out and picked up Josh Adams for the Eagles, I think you're playing him too. Uh, but in real football terms, you know, someone is going to go to the playoffs from the NFC East and they're, they've all got about the same record. So real football, this is going to be interesting, uh, interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a good real football game. Um, but fantasy wise, I just, if I have if I have anyone from either of these teams, and I've gotten questions from it, Nick thinks that Josh Doxson is worth a start. Come on, Nicholas, let's let's be on the podcast and defend ourselves before we make lavish claims like that. Uh, but uh, I don't trust Colt McCoy. Again, I was talking to Jordan about how my complete disluck, dis, distrust of a backup quarterbacks rearing its ugly head again. But yeah, if I have anyone on either of these teams, I am I am trying my best to find a matchup or, or a game that I care about a little bit more. But I guess like the Eagle secondary is hot trash now since since everyone's injured and they're running wide receivers out there in practices, as Jordan was alluding to. So I, I mean, who knows? I don't know. I don't care about this game, except from, I guess, an actual football perspective. I've given up <laughs> the kind of advice you want from, from, from a podcast of football. 
it was incredibly I mean, fun to watch this game with a uh, watch the Washington uh, Dallas game on Thanksgiving with a bunch of UT graduates who root for the Cowboys. It was just they were torn. They couldn't. They didn't know what to do with themselves. It was great. Uh, I love putting fans in a conundrum. I mean, shouts to Ginger Nick, the Tarzan man himself, because I actually like Josh Doxson a little bit too. Um, saw Are you going to start him against me in the RB one league? This no, is going to be the easiest not. win this week. <laughs> I, I'm Devonte Adams and Michael. Thomas oh, okay, okay, okay. That. Um, but he saw ten targets last week, and like we alluded to on the earlier podcast from this week, the Eagles are literally playing wide receivers in practice at defensive back because they have nobody that is playing the position. So if he gets a heavy target volume, I can I can see it. Yeah, it's not the worst start. It's not the worst start. I've been burned by Josh Doxson before. I wrote a long, a long think piece about him last year and was like, Josh Doxson time is here. And then he did a whole bunch of nothing to end the season. So uh, I have a, a tumultuous relationship with him. I was thinking about him before, and I'm like, Josh Doxson is like the NFC's Devontae Parker. Like yes. this first-round pick oh, good who was yes. supposed to help the offense, and he's just been injured Hasn't Good blown up yet. A pretty big target. Oh yeah. I, he, I don't know. He, he and uh he and and Devontae Parker are two guys who I would love. I think are going to be guys who either flame out at their next stop or they're going to suddenly live up to their potential at the next stop. They're not gonna they're never gonna have success with the Dolphins or with the with Washington. So yeah, this last month of the season, I feel like for both of them is just a, a prove it or lose right. or leave them. After the Eagles win this game and the Cowboys lose to the Saints, everyone <laughs> in the NFC East is going to be six and six. Except oh my Denver. god, that's going to be exciting! You you hate for a team to like with a what a five hundred record sneak into the playoffs, but it's going to be exciting to see all four teams just like dueling it. As a Texas fan, I must say, hey, you just have to get to the tournament. It doesn't matter how you get to the yeah, tournament. Yeah, just gotta get there. Uh, all right. And then we'll start the could-be-good games. That was the last, if I'm bored. And, Clark, we talked about the Cowboys a lot. Uh, they are playing the Saints this week. Uh, what do you like in this game? I mean, from start-sit, the Cowboys are really coming on. Amari Cooper's had a lot of good games. Dak Prescott has had a lot of good mm-hmm. games. And Zeke is coming on here at the end of the season. So, despite the New Orleans defense that's been sneaky good, I think you're starting all the guys on Dallas there. Uh, and then the Saints, I'm not worried – about the spotty performances we've had out of some of the stars. The fact that their whole offense won, you helped no one this week. Right. Like, <laughs> if I play Alvin Kamara and he gets me three points, I can live with that. But if I decide to get cute and sit him right. for Gus Edwards and Alvin Kamara scores like 36 points, I'm just not going to be able to handle that. So I'm, I'm, you pick the Saints because they're good. I think they're going to be fine. So you just start yeah. everybody. Are you are you worried at all about Zeke, given that the the Saints have been the best team against the run throughout this season? Well, I mean, again, it's sure, the same what thing are you going to do? Tomorrow, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to right. start him. He's going to yeah. get the volume. He's looking really strong. I mean, I'd much rather him be playing the, the Niners, but he's not. So right. you still start him. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, down weeks like uh, all those guys had last week are more of the outlier like i don't feel like it's a consistent theme as long as you're comfortable with your lineup before the the sunday games kick off i'm not counting thursday games but before the sunday games kick off then 
you know, you just got to live with it. At that and point. if your opponent is starting, you know, Jonu Smith and, and Josh Doxson and, and someone else, then, you know, Lamar Jackson, you, you're feeling great. <laughs> well, Lamar is going to, damn it. I'm going to lose because of Lamar. I know it. Uh, put together a Jordan special against you. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's just going to start only offensive linemen. It's Quentin Nelson in every position. Quentin uh, Nelson, starting running back. This game could be really good because Dallas also has an underrated defense, and I think I, I think the offense is peaking. I think this could this game could play out similarly to the Rams and the uh, and the Lions, where I don't think you ever think that the Saints are go- not going to win it. I think the Saints win, you know, are going to be comfortably in the lead for the whole thing. But I think it's going to be exciting, so that's fun. Uh, moving on, and it could be good games. We have finally we're getting to it. The Baltimore Ravens, led by Lamar, uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. And unsurprisingly, guys, there's only one player who you need to talk about, who you need to start in this game, and it's Lamar Jackson. You can't say no to the man. If the Falcons are bad versus the run. They've allowed the fourth most uh, points to running backs. If you just want to kind of treat Lamar as a running back, but. Even if you want to look at him as a running quarterback, the Falcons aren't great against that either. They've allowed the 10th most carries to quarterbacks, seventh most yards, and second most rushing touchdowns. So I just think we're seeing Lamar take steps forward, steps forward, steps forward. And I, I think he's just going to put together another epic game. And I think he's, I will even lock this up. It's not even a fantasy thing. I'm locking up a Baltimore win. Ravens under Lamar's tutelage are going to beat the Falcons in Atlanta in the dome. Mark it down. I really want to watch the broadcast for this game because I'm setting the over-under at Michael Vick references at like oh. 20, 25 at least. That's a good point because this is this is Vick 2.0 coming back to Atlanta or going to Atlanta, I guess. Uh, he'll probably be there. So that's, He's got to be that's there. Also another Do you think they'll have a, a 40-yard dash contest at halftime? Who says I that? hope so. If if uh, Michael Vick's not too busy uh, foot racing people outside of strip clubs. <laughs> That was that was a very niche Atlanta reference for all the listeners. <laughs> so Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson? Yes, that's good. Okay, now good, good, good. We're, we're to this question. Uh, oh, I don't know. It's hard to say no to Russell Wilson, who's playing the 49ers, which is a dumpster fire defense. Like they can't stop anyone. And if you're looking at actual quarterbacks, like yes, Lamar Miller is is exciting, or Lamar Jackson is very exciting. Uh, I'm impressed that's the first time I've ever done that because in my head, every time I say I'm about to say Lamar Jackson, I'm about to say Lamar Miller. So good job, Pete. Uh, continuing the theme about me. Uh, but Russell Wilson is just hands down the better quarterback. I think you – oh, I don't know, Clark. I think Russell Wilson has the <laughs> highest floor. But if you want to just like lay it out there and be like, I'm going to beat you with Lamar Jackson, do it. Do it. Live a little. There's my expert advice. like it. Thank you. I – I think you just start the the consummate Russell Wilson just for the fact that I mean I I still think Lamar Jackson is great and he's worth starts in several leagues but there's always that chance that he has his right. coming. I mean he's a rookie and, and yeah yeah he's a rookie who can't really throw the football. I mean he can he's he's been effective he's had some really nice throws but the the offense isn't constructed around him throwing the ball and so when teams figure out how to stop him on the ground. You know, is he going to be as effective? Uh, Clark, what you need to do is whatever whatever site is hosting this league, you need to contact the site, tell them that in the next 48 hours, they need to give Lamar RB eligibility, and then you start him at running back. That's a good plan. That's what you do. Uh, all right, let's move on. Continuing down the could-be-good games. Clark, you're on a roll now. The Cleveland Browns at Houston Texans. 
this is going to be exciting. The the Browns like playing at their highest level, completely stuck it to Hugh Jackson, and now they're going to Houston to play Deshaun Watson, who's uh, starting to get uh, caliente. Uh, and Demarius Thomas with two touchdowns last week. Uh, what do you got in this game? Yeah, so the the Browns have looked pretty impressive for a couple of weeks, uh, but I think that comes to a crashing halt at Houston. Houston's when they started their win streak, I was like, "Hey, this is smoke and mirrors." If it's not for some horrible coaching decisions, <laughs> then the Texans are not on an eight-game winning streak; they're on like a five-game winning streak. But they're starting to play better. JJ Watt's starting to play better. Jadavian Clowney's starting to play better, and Deshaun Watson is really starting to play better. So. I really think that Houston just kind of creams Cleveland here. So my lock tight lock of the week is that Nick Chubb gets you fewer than seven fantasy points this week. Whoa. Wow. He's complete. You're completely going up against your, your, your Chubb for Chubb club. I don't want it to happen, but it's just, I don't know. Jadavian Clowney got, well, not embarrassed, but, you know, Mike Vrabel went into the offensive meetings last week and was like, we're going to run at Jadavian Clowney. Give him a chance to run himself out of the play because he does it all the time. And then we're going to run it right at him. He did it like a dozen times. So I think he plays a little bit better this week uh, against somebody, you know, who wasn't his former defensive coordinator. I also feel like Jadavian Clowney is one of those like freak athletic specimens <sighs> that you don't want to piss off because if he just decides to like – click in mentally and is like there and does everything perfectly. Like you can't block him. You can't outrun him. Like he's just going to destroy the offense. If you've pissed him off, if he's not pissed off, like it's like an angry Russell Westbrook in, in basketball. It's like if Russell Westbrook is pissed off and wants to win the game, he'll single-handedly win the game. But if not, you know, then other things can happen. So I don't know if you necessarily Cleveland want to poke the bear and get a pissed off Jadavian Clowney playing against them, but maybe they do. Yeah, one of my all-time favorite defensive plays was Jadavian Clowney in South Carolina against Whoa. where he just blows up the running play. The running back fumbles, and Jadavian Clowney just takes a giant bear just paw and picks up palms the it. Oh, my God, that it play was ridiculous. Great play. I love it. That play single-handedly made him a first overall pick. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the final game in the could-be-good games, we have the Carolina Panthers heading to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Uh, and my play for this game is very simple. It's start DJ Moore. I wrote about him on Fake Teams, and I alluded to this article earlier in the podcast talking about players who will swing your fantasy team. And DJ Moore was one of those guys who I talked about. He's had 21.1% and 30% of the team targets over the past two weeks and has had at least seven catches in each game. And in the past three weeks, he's ninth in receiving yards, which is more than Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, and Keenan Allen. Uh, we all know that Tampa Bay has a terrible defense. Like, I don't need to re- list numbers to you about how bad the Bucks' defense is against the pass. So, with that, I'm going to make him my lock this week. DJ Moore is going to get you at the very least, oh, let's say 17 PPR points. That would be his, uh, it would be tied for his second highest output this season. Uh, and I think he's going to just kind of eat and continue to be the the number one receiver in, in Carolina. Like even if De- Devin Funches comes back and plays, the, the torch has been passed. This is DJ Moore's team. It's Steve Smith Jr. Just, well, Steve Smith Jr. Jr. Just rocking all over the field. Uh, and it's going to be glorious to watch. Yeah, from what I see, Funches did not participate in practice today. Um, and, and it's a back injury, too. I don't really like that for a wide receiver. That seems nah. a little... Especially a big wide even, receiver. Yeah, yeah. Even if he does come back, um, I don't see him being entirely that effective. I see 
the majority of the targets going towards DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. During the draft, the cliche comparison for DJ Moore was his uh, fellow Maryland Terrapin, Stefan Diggs. Um, so I think DJ Moore might start drawing a little bit more closer comparisons to him as the season wraps up here because it's route running can only get better. Mm-hmm. Sashay. Do you see any way that Carolina doesn't just embarrass Tampa Bay this week? Yeah, I don't know. I like. I at first I want to say yes. I, I see no way. Like that is just Carolina's going to roll over them. But I also, in another way, I'm like Carolina's kind of been losing close games to like teams that they should be beaten. Like they they let they lost to the Lions. They kind of let the Seahawks back into that game, and. I just I I wouldn't put it against like Jameis Winston to just suddenly get hot and be, decide yeah I'm gonna throw 350 yards and four touchdowns and watch Cam try to outduel me who knows but ultimately ultimately I think the Panthers win this pretty easily I could see Tampa Bay putting up a buttload of points and the Panthers not being able to match it I feel like the I mean the Panthers are kind of reeling right now three straight losses since they got just bumped by the Steelers 52 to 21 waxed. So I don't know. This could also be a course correcting game for them. They need it because they are, they do. Um, they're in the hunt, but they're on the cusp of elimination. Moving on to games of the week. We got two left to get to Jordan. We're going to start with you. The Los Angeles chargers heading to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can't wait for this game only if it's because these are two of possibly the most snake bitten quarterbacks in terms of just making last second mistakes. And it's not really Philip rivers who's snake bitten in terms of last second mistakes. It's the whole team. And then Ben Ross, Lisberger just loves throwing interceptions on the goal line to lose the game. Uh, Jordan, who do you like in this game? Um, yeah. So this is where my lock comes in and it might seem a little obvious, but I do have a case here for James Connor, um, locking him in for 22 fantasy points. Um, the reason this is my lock, and this is a little bit more surprising than people are probably aware of, is that he hasn't had 20-plus carries um, in the past three games. Um, and, like, his fantasy scoring has really reflected that. It yeah. kind of looks like they've gone away from him for whatever reason, even though you're watching those games and you're just screaming for them to put the ball in James Conner's hands. Um, the Chargers are ranked 16th by defensive DVOA. Um, but in the month of November, they're allowing 136 rushing yards per game, as opposed to 124 rushing yards per game in the prior two months. So neither of those numbers are great, but the Chargers appear like they're just getting um, incrementally worse defending the run. Um, they're also allowing 60 yards a game through the air to running backs. So that's something that um, can benefit Connor if he if he gets closer to the ballpark of 20 carries and gets a couple catches in there, then I think he'll be back to those days where he's scoring 25, 27 points per game. I'm locking him in for at least 22 though. That's the floor. Yeah. I like the call. And as someone who has James Conner in a few places, uh, not surprised that it's a bold call because he has been killing us lately. Uh, and, and the, the Steelers have looked really poor when they have not given him the ball. So hopefully they'll figure it out this week. Like, hey, you know that guy that looked really great made you not worry about Le'Veon Bell being gone? Like, let's start getting him the rock a little bit more. Uh, It helps everybody. 
Yeah, I was sweating my my James Conner for Christian McCaffrey trade a couple weeks ago, and now I'm feeling pretty. But I agree with you, Jordan. I think they're going to go back to him and be like, let's run this football. Let's slow this game down. Let's let's establish that part of our offense again. Um, can we also quickly talk about how Ben Roethlisberger said today that calling people out is part of being a captain, despite the fact that he lost that game against the Broncos by throwing a backbreaking interception that was utterly stupid and to no one in particular except for the defensive lineman. God, I love the Steelers self-destructing in November. It's a beautiful tradition. It's gorgeous. It's just wonderful to witness. I feel like Mike Tomlin is dad who works at the factory and comes home and mom is like, your son has, you know, I don't know, burned down the Christmas tree or, you know, something. And then Mike Tomlin's just got to walk in and yep. see That's all this nonsense. It's a perfect analogy. And you see it. You literally, the camera will cut to him on the sideline. And that's exactly the face he has. He looks like a dad who just comes home to his son, just causing utter chaos. And he's like, I have worked too long and too hard to deal with this crap right now. Ben, go to bed. Ben Roethlisberger's like, no, I don't want to. It's his fault. It's my brother's fault. He was the one who pushed the fire into the tree. You know what I just realized? That um, since uh, you guys mentioned Le'Veon Bell, is that ever since we found out that Le'Veon Bell wasn't coming back, that's kind of correlating to James Conner's lack of touches during these football games. So it almost feels like they're not trying to get him the ball anymore because they know they don't have to Show. Make it look like they don't need. Yeah, they're they're not trying to show Le'Veon Bell something. Oh my god, the Steelers! The Steelers are purposely self-destructing. They're so vindictive. Oh my god, I love how terribly run this team is. Oh, it's so beautiful. I feel like that would be a petty move of all petty moves. That would that be was... the pettiest move. Could be just a coincidence, but no, no, it's fact. I, love but, I mean, it. after you know, first and goal from like the four and throw the game losing interception. Yeah, I feel like they're going to hand it off a little bit this week. We need to we need to broadcast that headline everywhere that to- Mike Tomlin has been underutilizing James Conner since Le'Veon Bell hasn't been coming back just because no, they no longer need to prove that Le'Veon Bell is replaceable. Question mark? Question. Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a perfect headline. Mike Forleo. You can you can run that on Pro Football Talk. This will um, be a great game. This will be a great game. This will be a very good game. Another good game will be the last game that we're going to talk about. The Minnesota Vikings head to New England to take on the Patriots. And Jordan, you had asked me some start-sit advice in regards to Julian Edelman. Well, we are now finally here where I'm going to talk about Julian Edelman and why you should be starting Julian Edelman. I, I thought about this game long and hard about who I wanted to talk about. Nor- originally, it was going to be Gronk. And then I was like, well, that kind of goes against my whole trade Gronk movement. So I can't like suddenly switch the brand. So I got to say on brand, uh, Julian Edelman has been, he's going to continue to have wide receiver two value this week. He's been that the last six games. He's averaging almost nine targets since uh, per game since coming back and has had at least 71 yards in the last four games. He and Brady are back on the same page together. The chemistry is there. The production is there. The getting him the ball. even And while the Vikings have been elite at shutting down boundary receivers, they're 18th, pretty average, against slot receivers. And I just think the Patriots are going to take advantage of that. Julian Edelman is going to take advantage of that. I know Xavier Rhodes is questionable, but uh, but Brady doesn't like attacking the outside. Like That's not really his wheelhouse, and, and they've kind of done that, and it's been a little stagnant. I think with Gronk now be returning – and being able to kind of push and draw linebackers up the field with him, 
it's going to open up so much space for Julian Edelman to win one-on-one matchups against whomever the Vikings are rolling out as their slot corner. And I just, I could see a big game for him where he goes over a hundred yards and maybe pops in a touchdown. So I think Julian Edelman is going to certainly have at the very least wide receiver two value this week. I liked the detail of the Vikings not doing as great against slot receivers. That's pretty important for Julian Edelman, who might be the best slot receiver that we have. Um, Outside of Larry Fitzgerald, but Julian Edelman, his entire career is out of the slot. Right. I just need Edelman to have a podium game where he's sitting at the mic at the end of the game in a Boston Celtics shirt again, just talking about how he balled out. How That's he balled I mean. out, and then he flexes, and you see that it just says Edelman tattooed on his bicep. <laughs> that is that is a move right there. I mean, I talked about myself a lot on this podcast, but it takes a real man to uh, to know his own worth to tattoo his last name on his arm. It's a really hard name to spell, uh, so maybe we're maybe it was just for journalists, uh, you know, writing ability. That's true. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe that's something that should correlate with all all players who have difficult names to spell. God, there were nothing. Speaking back to the Steelers, nothing I'd love to see more than Roethlisberger tattooed across his forehead. What an <laughs> idiot! <laughs> Not that I hate the Steelers or anything. Yeah, I think this. I think this could be a marquee game for Julian Edelman. I think this could be a game that you that reminds everyone that like, holy shit, Julian Edelman is so fast, so shifty, so quick out of his breaks, and is just Brady's number one target and is going to eat. I, I think this could be that game where he he rises to the challenge. It's a big game against, you know, a top, according to our own Patty Cooper's RODS rankings, the best defense in the NFL right now. So I, I, I'm all aboard the Edelman continuing his his value and, and his his play. If it doesn't work out, I also have the Vikings defense in that league. So I maybe one can do well and the other just doesn't have to. Yeah, you're just it's like it's like the um the handcuff. You're like handcuffing yourself if a poor wide receiver performance, then you'll have a good defensive performance. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that's some next level shit right there from Jordan. Uh, so there you go. There's your week 13 stats and sits. Uh, hopefully you're not superstitious like me and you are able to work past the fact that it's week 13. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher uh, and on SoundCloud if you want to do that you can listen to it there uh give us five stars leave us a review tell us you love us tell us you enjoy our witty witty banter and you're excited for the holidays subscribe follow us on twitter at rb1 podcast follow myself at pete m rogers follow clark at nfl clark follow jordan at jordan underscore smith 27 oh quick little housekeeping oh my god we're gonna have to like stop the music right here uh just for those you know peeling back the onion curtain i will be not here next week i am actually going on my honeymoon uh we're going to uh, the maldives which will be very exciting we are very ready to get away from the current boston weather and enjoy some sunshine and perfect 85 degree weather uh, so what that means is i think it'll just be clark and nick are you guys just doing one show next week is that the plan i think so we'll take anybody we can get perfect uh, jordan you're moving is that right that's right that's true yeah i will be pretty preoccupied Oh, my God. So okay. many big life things happening in the RB1 podcast right now. Uh, so there will be only one podcast next week. Possibly. It could also not have a podcast. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how, how Clark is how Clark is feeling. Uh, but so, dear listeners, just be prepared for that. Uh, so make sure to binge listen to everything that we've come out with uh, so far to kind of remind ourselves what we sound like and 
the the value that we bring to your life. And uh, cue the music back up, and we will be back at you guys. Mark and Nick will be back at you guys next week. We'll all be back at you in two weeks to continue talking about football. And until then, peace.